Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan. On this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we feature USBC Hall of Fame bowler Tim Mack. This is our final episode of 40 and the end of the first chapter of our daily quarantine show. As always, if you'd like to give us some feedback over these 40 shows or tell us what you think we should do next, you can send an email to media at insidebowling.com. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of Matt and I, we would like to thank all of you for your support of the show, and please stay tuned to Inside Bowling social media for upcoming events and possible shows. If you've enjoyed our show, please do us a favor and do subscribe to our podcast as we will be back with future episodes. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. You can save 15% with coupon code IVSHOW. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio, and we apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here's our 40th episode of our daily show with Timmy Mack. different opener today matt today is a special show it's episode number 40 today here on the inside bowling show and it seems like just yesterday we were firing this up and i was showing you my new microphone and we were figuring out how to use Streamyard, and now here we are with the end of our first chapter we don't know what the future holds still yet but uh, i do know that uh, today's an emotional show uh firing things up for the last time here um on our uh, on our daily quarantine show, Matt, um, reflecting back on on everything that we've done, and our loyal listeners we've had, we've had such a such a uh, a great group of people and a lot of great feedback over these eight weeks. But you know, this is a product of quarantine, Matt. You know, this this was this would have never happened if we wouldn't have uh, all had to endure the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, so this is one of the bright spots from the pandemic for me. Obviously, a terrible terrible thing to have happen but uh this was uh this was a byproduct of that matt your thoughts going into our last show today well i'm extremely grateful for everybody that's tuned in everybody that's supported the show thus far eight weeks of doing this every single day monday through fridays uh it's been a lot of work it's taken a lot of time out of our schedules but it's been a lot of fun we've gotten a lot of support from a lot of incredible people including mike my my dad big fan of the show tuning in today saying good afternoon so thanks to my dad for all the love and support as always um tuning in and watching us and it's just great to see, you know, even in this downtime that we've had, and even though it's been um, due to an unfortunate cause, we've made the most of it. We've been able to bring some light into some people's days um, and to bring some light onto our sport of bowling. Yeah, for sure, man. And we're going to have Tim Mack on the program here today. TV Timmy, uh, motivational guy too. So uh, it'll help keep our spirits up here today. Kind of a sad day for us, our last day for the program, but we... We will talk in the last 10 minutes of the show about uh, what's on our plate, what we're doing. We'll reflect back on 
on all 40 of our of our shows. So let's get right into the program here, Matt. Let's look at yesterday's Bull or X poll question. And which of the following factors is most important to you when selecting a pro shop and winning hands down far and away from second place was quality of work at 74.6%, product knowledge at 20.9%, location at 4.5%, and hours of operation 0%. So I guess nobody cares. I guess nobody cares when they're <laughs> open. And location doesn't matter much, I guess. So it's uh, it's all about drilling those bowling balls and knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised, but I am surprised no person voted for hours of operation. So if the pro shop's only open from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., you're still going. You're still getting getting your balls <laughs> drilled. Uh, so it's just uh, it's interesting to me to see that. But I think it's pretty self-explanatory, right? If, if the quality of the work that you get from your pro shop isn't very good, you're not going to want to go there. And if they don't know an ASIM from a plastic ball, uh, you know, a strong symmetrical ball from a urethane ball, you're not going to want to go and listen to them. So it, it makes sense. It's uh, it's happy national donut day. Did you see this coming? Yeah, in? I did. Happy national donut day. Are you a donut guy, Mike? No, um, you know, when I go to uh, Dunkin', I like those, those goofy ones. It's like the lemon filled donuts. Okay. I don't know why my dad got me those when I was a kid and I still like them. And then you got to display Randall Lippick's, uh, <laughs> drill my hole boy. And, uh, Randy Lippick's a friend of mine down in, uh, Las Vegas. I went to high school with him. And every time I go to Vegas for a bowling event, I end up having uh, a dinner with him or a couple of drinks and, uh, Mr. Lippick turned me on to Nora's Italian fine cuisine in Las Vegas. A little plug for Nora's. Um, Mike, so. we got it. We've got somebody's reading our minds here with the poll question for today. Yeah, uh, they GPJ four twenty. Does Max bat hurt from carrying Flanagan for thirty nine shows? You know, it's a little sore, but thankfully, I've got my Advil here. My uh -huh. Advil to carry me along with some of my vitamins over here. I've got uh -huh. my grapes to keep me healthy, keep me fueled and ready to go. And with that being said, um, today's final Inside Bowling Show poll question presented by Bowlerx for season one <laughs> is which host provided more value on the 40 episodes of the Inside Bowling Show? Mike or Matt? Me. So go ahead on over to Twitter. Let us know who you think was a better host of the show and who provided more value to the show. And I would just like to say, before anybody goes ahead and goes on and goes on over, I see you type in Twitter and so you can go ahead and vote, Mike. I see you. I know who you, I know it. I know it. But really quick, when you guys see these videos pop up, when you guys see people's websites, Facebook pages, when you see these comments pop up, people go full screen like this, or we switch it back to two people. Guess what? That's your boy. That's that's your boy handling all the backstage work. Uh, so I just want to make my case and uh, remind everybody or just let people know really who does what on the show um, and and why they should vote for me. And I'm not going to campaign at all. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, Mike, we should have – we have to put some sort of a wager on this, right? Like um, – not not monetary, but you know, like maybe next time we see each other, you know, um, I don't know, like you know, doesn't have to be we're betting a hundred dollars here. It could be maybe we, we put dinner down, or, we, or I, we I just I just don't I just don't want your feelings to get hurt here, Matt, any more than they're going to. Mike, I really think that you're going to be surprised. 
I think you're going to be surprised with the fact that I think I'm going to win in like a 58-42 split here. Okay. Well, I don't think you understand the power of the people that I have. So I might be uh, texting the rest of the show to have people go over. <laughs> I'm not campaigning, but I'm just going to text everybody to go vote for me. No, it'll be – I'm sure you're going to win this in a, in, a, in a slam dunk. People feel sorry for you, Matt. So <laughs> head, over, head over to Twitter. And uh, and you can you can vote um, who has provided more value on 40 episodes of the Inside Bowling Show. I have voted. You have voted. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go make my vote as well. Um, and um, it'll be interesting, Mike. But most most of all, this has been a blast to do with you, buddy. We've had a lot of fun after after we speak with our amazing guests today. I'm sure we'll take a couple minutes to reflect on on our 40 episodes and all the people that we've gotten to talk to. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's make it about our guests now. So our guest today is, is Tim Mack. And to those that, that just know Tim as a, as a tour rep or someone that works for Storm and does international sales, um, and just a good guy that's always got a smile on his face and always giving you a pat on the ass and telling you, go out and get him. Life's going to be a great day. He also is a great bowler. I mean, this guy, uh, we were just talking the other day and he's, he's coming up on 25 years uh, throwing the storm bowling products down the lane. And he was one of the very first ones to be doing that on an international basis for Bill Chrisman. And they've been friends ever since he's done a lot for, for storm bowling products, put them on the map worldwide. He's a great teammate. I used to work with him over at storm. He was part of the PR team and I loved working with this guy. Uh, a lot of memories with Timmy. Uh, when we work together. But one of the great things I love about Timmy is even after I left Storm, when sometimes you're working with a company, you only um, you only interact with people because they're your, your co-workers and that. But Tim's kept in touch with me over the years. I've seen him at events and always uh, picks me up a little bit, makes me feel better about my day. And hopefully I do the same for him. So let's bring in someone who's won in more countries than I think any bowler ever in the history of bowling. And the guy who's still got in his strike ball Still has enough to knock all the pins down. We saw it here recently in some events that he's been bowling, but uh, uh, it looks like uh, right there, right when we uh, get ready to interview, <laughs> he, uh, he, his internet goes down, and now he's gone. So, Well, if you didn't take so freaking long with the intro there, Mike, we could have had him on at least for a couple seconds. There. Yeah, yesterday we, we teed up Lee Sant, and then when Lee – teed up then ups driver showed up and then we we're ready to talk to us three and then somebody came in to drill a ball and now we we're teeing up you know rob stone comes on his sound doesn't work yeah yeah this is this is a heck of an internet program here. oh he's back and without further ado let's welcome on our guest mr timmy mack well that was close guys because i actually just had the internet shut down in my house so i don't know what you guys said <laughs> i couldn't hear anything so my daughter isn't playing online and and then I had my phone on. So I don't think the timing could have been any better. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I wasn't uh, roasted too bad on your 40th show. First, let me, let me say guys, congratulations on, uh, on the amazing work on, on, I don't think people realize what it takes to uh, you know, all the, all the preparation and all the time and effort it takes to running these shows and doing these shows. Um, I think they've been great, uh, especially since the COVID situation has hit us all. And it's it, it's made people happy about, um, you know, where we are, you know, uh, when there's not a lot, there's some things not to really be happy about. So you guys brought a lot of happiness into a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I, I salute you guys. 
Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks really brother. appreciate it. We know you've been watching the, the shows and, and your team over at Storm's been doing a nice job too. You know, they were kind of the ones that broke through in this space first and noticed the opportunity to do a morning bolt show. And uh, and so you guys got a lot of good stuff going on o- over at Storm. Uh, can you can you just update our audience and, and even us here on the show what it is you're doing for Storm now? Because you've worn so many sure. different hats over there. Yeah, and like you like you touched on, I think this is a great opportunity to spread spread the message and spread um, you know just spread the good wealth of bowling and uh, and uh, you know our, our our team at Storm has done a great job of doing that. You guys are doing a great job of doing that, and I just think it shows you how strong and how great the bowling community is. But um, at the moment, right now, what I'm doing is. Um, you know, I'm the European sales manager over in Europe, and then I, I'm handling a couple of different hats as, as well as, you know, helping our tour team here to try to get some victories on our tour for our tour staff. Uh, and then helping, you know, with, you know, you know keeping guys, um, you know, with, with understanding contracts and, the re, re, and their obligations to, the, to bowling and to storm and also traveling throughout Asia and helping our, our team over in Asia as well. Um yeah, it's just a, I, I don't know, you know, jack all trades, however you want to call it. It's uh, it's certainly been, um, you know, a lot of change for me. Really, this 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 European handling the European uh, this position in Europe uh, with myself and Peter Somoff and you know Bill Crispin, you know, is our international, uh, obviously the owner of Storm, but he also runs the international department. And we've been I've been really lucky, you know, I've um, you know to to learn from a great group of people and. Um, it's just been phenomenal, you know. And Mike, you were on, you were a teammate, you know, years back, and you know, did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, just listen. It, it takes an army to get to have things successful. You know, it's not just one person. And um, the that the more people can wrap their head around, you know, uh, you know, strength and numbers, you know, the better they're going to be. So I'm kind of bouncing around, like you said, Mike, to a bunch of different things and uh, trying to keep stay busy and at this moment trying to stay active and in, in talking to our. Uh, our, our European partners over there and, uh, you know, just trying to find out what the landscape is. You know, this has been a really tough time for everybody. Yeah. For, for whatever reason. And I don't know how, how did you get to become a guy who was just overseas all the time? I mean, you travel 250 plus days a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, listen, it's been an interesting start to my, you know, to my career. You know, I, I, I graduated college. I played football, at Penn state. I went to school, you know, great university, had a great experience, you know, bowled a lot of local tournaments and then started bowling those mega bucks and ran into who became a really dear friend of mine, Robert Smith. And he invited me to go over. We were bowling the world team challenge events at that time. And, um, you know, we had won a couple. We had a great team, myself and uh, Mike Devaney and Billy Myers Jr. was PBA rookie of the year. Barry Asher, you know, one of the all time greats, the Hall of Famer and my and Robert Smith. And then through those experiences, Robert says, hey, listen, I'd like to go, you know, why don't you come to Singapore with me and come bowl this tournament over in Singapore? You know, lanes are really hard. They give 100,000 for 300. I'm like, 100,000 for 300? Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be great. We bowl 300 all the time. Little did I know that some, you know, some of the lane conditions were like bowling in the parking lot. So um, they're very difficult and very, very hard. And, uh, you know, through that whole experience, that first time that myself and Robert went, I, I, the Singapore people embraced me and it was just an amazing time. And uh, Storm, Corbett Austin and Storm and Bill, um, I, you know, that they gave us our first uh, opportunity to really promote the bowling balls uh, in, in Asia. And this was in March uh, of 1996. They gave us four balls and 200 bucks. And I was I, I could I was over the moon. I was like, are you kidding me? Someone gave me four bowling balls and a couple hundred dollars. Oh, this is best thing ever. And uh, 
went over there and we just bowled. Uh, we bowled amazing. We both made the TV show and we, we, we ended up losing. We finished second and third. And, and then from there, we got flown to Korea. And when we went to Korea, it was crazy, Mike uh, and Matt. Um, when we got there, everybody threw it straight, really straight with like megatectors and wrist guards. And uh, they didn't hook it like they didn't hook it like Mike Flanagan. And, and Matt Farber. Nobody hooks it like Mike Flanagan. Let's just get that straight. Listen, I had the privilege of bowling with him at the holiday doubles, just, just so you know. <laughs> and he hooked it more than me. <laughs> he also throws it like seven miles an hour slower. So Yeah, that's that true. <laughs> so it was just an odd, odd time. Um, we went over there and they filmed, we worked with the, the youth team and the national team of Korea. And they filmed us, filmed myself and Robert Smith for you know multiple day, multiple days. And then we went home. And it was um it was an amazing time. It was an amazing time in my life. I, you know, I had never experienced being out of the country, guys. And then all of a sudden, I go to Singapore, and then we're invited to Korea. And then, you know, the, my whole life, my whole perspective changed. And, um, you know, Bill and Cor Bill and Corbett um, and uh, the team there gave me, you know, gave me this amazing opportunity. And uh, you know, I took it and ran with it, bowling around the world and networking and, you know, relationships and, uh, you know. And then, uh, and then it became a crusade of mine to try to show how great the bowlers are around the world. So that's really where it started. Yeah, and behind you, uh, we have some folks uh, commenting here, all the trophies behind you. Are those the uh, trophies that you've won all over the world? Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's funny. You know, I, I've actually done – I've been fortunate enough to do a couple of the shows that we talked about earlier, you know, with, with the Storm Show and then uh, the Beef and Barnsey. And now, I, you know – Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on Inside Bowling Show. And, uh, you know, the 40th show is, is quite an honor. But um, really, I've told the same story. I, I kind of do it from my – my. Uh, I got a little dining room table, and then that's kind of like my, my quote-unquote man cave where my TV is and I watch TV. But when I was fortunate enough to get the phone call from Frank Wilkinson to be uh, inducted in the USBC – you know, to that I was going to be in the USBC Hall of Fame, I couldn't I, – I was like, this is amazing. You know, and um, so Jason Thomas called me and he said, listen, we're going to come to your house and shoot, shoot, you know, maybe you got some sort of trophy room or something. And I didn't have, I, no, I said, I don't have anything. I had a bunch of trophies in the basement and I had never taken them out. And my wife had just bought this new entertainment center and I'm like, I'd never taken them out. So I was like, well, Jesus, if the USB, I, I, I better get a couple things out. So I went down, I got a couple of my trophies out and some of the ones that are important um, because, you know, one day I wanted to build something. I've kept all the bowling balls that I've won tournaments with over the course of my career, all my Storm bowling balls. Um, and all my international wins are with Storm products. Um, I've been very lucky. So, you know, I've got my trophy and then my balls, and I've got, you know, shirts, you know, sh meaningful shirts. And, you know, lo and behold, this is what this is what it's turned out to be. That you know, It's kind of like a little, a little trophy room. There's a couple up there, which is – you know, that are very meaningful and very, and very significant. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And as you guys know, both you guys are athletes and very athletic and follow sports. I know Mike's a sports junkie and has been, and we, we talk sports all the time. We see each other. He's a huge hockey fan, huge baseball fan. And um, as you know, as an athlete, when athletes get further away from their competitive career, I guess you really don't realize what you're doing when you're in the moment. If you know, if you guys know what I mean, and this, you know, these things have been a reminder, especially with all the the, the disappointing surgeries I've had to endure, as a reminder that um, you know I had a I had a decent career and uh, I won a couple of events, and you know it was it, it was pretty pretty memorable. And 
you know, when you look up there and you see the Bahrain Open trophy or you see the Qatar Open or you see the British Open or the uh, the Norwegian Open or the Indonesian Open and you see those events and you it takes you back to those times and how special they were in my life. And uh, I've been very, very, very lucky and very fortunate to have that. And you've lived overseas as well, doing some coaching, yeah. right? What, what, what was that all about? I know Bahrain for sure. Yeah, I, I, I started my first international coaching. You know, I, I, I coached in Indonesia uh, for the SEA Games there in 2007. I worked with the Swedish national team. I was one of the first international coaches to work, actually go to the world championships with their team. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, I, I was fortunate to go work for the, the, the Bahrain Olympic Committee. And I actually lived in Bahrain and trained their national team for two years. And I lived over in the Middle East and uh, I have some dear friends of the Middle East and uh, relationships. And, you know, as these things, we all use these things today. We have a group chat that we still use today. And I'm, I'm seven years removed from being there. I came back to America in 2013. Um, you know, at that time it was just a unique time in my life. I was, you know, I was transitioning and uh, I guess I had to go out and prove myself in some areas and uh, take on some challenges. And uh, I took on a challenge and they had two bowling centers in their entire country. And, you know, it was not a lot of bowlers, but um, we came to the World Series of Bowling. And we got one of our guys against the best bowlers on the planet on a PBA TV show. That's amazing. Timmy, you said you said you had a decent career. I think that everybody would agree that you've had a little bit more than just a decent career. And you've, you've got a career that a lot of people would dream of having all these experiences from around the world. You lived in other countries. What was one of the most memorable experiences that sticks out to you? Well, I appreciate that, uh, Matt. Uh, you, l l I have a hard time talking about, you know, how many tournaments I've won or, or, or you know, I, I like to talk about the experiences and the friendships that I have and that I've made over time. And and obviously there's a couple of moments in my career that stick out, you know, um, the 2001 moment when I went, when uh, my grandmother passed away and I ended up winning the, the biggest tournament in the history of Europe. It's still the biggest money paying tournament today in Europe. Um, I, I qualified in the finals and then I flew back home for the, for the, uh, the ceremony. And then, uh, you know, I sat there with my brother and my dad and my uncle, and we made a decision to go back to the tournament. And that's when all the, you know, the, all the PBA stars, we had, uh, everybody, Newton Voss was there. Weber was there. You know, Mika was there. Robert Smith was there. You had all, all kinds of uh, talent there. And uh, I was fortunate enough to come out with the victory there and do the last seven to, uh, to force uh, Kimo Letton into to double. And he didn't. And I won the tournament and, uh, I have a $30,000 gold watch or $25,000 gold watch that sits in my trophy case from that. And, uh, you know, it paid $55,000 total all up. And it was just a special moment in my life. Um, you know, and then I, you know, and then I, I shot 300 in Singapore for a hundred thousand dollars after averaging, after averaging 196 in the tournament. And then out of nowhere, uh, in 24 hours, I won 120,000, plus thousand dollars in 24 hours. That was a crazy time in my life. And then the 2008, when I won the uh, 2009, when I won the Samo Cup, coming back from the three shoulder surgeries with Bill Crispin there and Belmo there, both Belmo bold, Weber bold, uh, Doug Kent bold, Parker Bone bold. You know, it was a who's who of our PBA. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the format that it is now. It was a long game format where all the games counted. Wes Ballot made the show, Rash made the show, and uh, I was the number one seed and ended up winning that tournament. Those three tournaments really are the ones that that, that, that stick with me that stick with in my mind and in my heart uh, if I had to pick some, but I alluded to it earlier, Matt uh, it, it's, it's the relationships and the friendships that, you know, I can call just about any, you know, any country that I've been to around the world and call someone, my friend, 
and have a place to stay and, uh, you know, and catch up. And, and, and it's, it's a special time, as you know, as I could see on your, your wall, you know, being able to bowl for team USA and having those, you know, those experiences are, you know, they, they, you never forget them, you know, and like I said, you just continue to remember them as they go on and on and on. It's just, uh, those are amazing times in my life. Yeah, certainly uh, a career that a lot of people would dream of having experiences that a lot of people dream of having as well. I think Mike Mike had to take a trip. It wasn't me trying to um, exile him because of this Twitter poll we've got going on today. He wanted to go out and get grab something uh, related to his story um, here. So I'm going to pull Mike yeah. back on. Great. Mike, don't worry, Mike. I'm going to the right side of the screen here. Uh, okay, we're okay now, buddy. Okay, <laughs> here we go. I thought Flanagan left us. No, yeah, he he wanted to go tell go down uh, memory lane here, so he went and grabbed something. Timmy, I think I think the first time that you and I actually sort of bonded was in 2012, 2013, and you had been watching what had been going on with inside bowling. I don't remember the Boot Hill time. We'll get to that in a moment, but I mm. want to go to the World Series of Bowling, 2012, 2013. Tom Clark gave me the opportunity to sit in the extra frame booth. Mm. And that was the year that uh, there were some guys from Bahrain participating in the event. And I think you know where I'm going with this. You saw me down in the South Point lobby right there before you go upstairs to the old, to the old bay, so to speak. Mm. And you stopped and you said, hey, Team Bahrain, you were with the whole team. You're like, I want to introduce you to somebody. It's my buddy Mike Flanagan. And we didn't know each other all that well. We sure. just knew each other from the internet, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part. You introduced me to these guys and everything. And I and do you remember what I said to, to the bowlers at that time? Um I don't re exactly remember what it was, but if I think it was if someone makes the TV show, I want one of those Bahrain TV shirts. Yes, I said if you make the T you guys are I I, I was I didn't remember. <laughs> yep. I said, I said, hey guys, I said you guys are going to make the show. And they were like, Oh, thank you. You know, like, or however they talk, I don't really know how they talk. They're just, they're just, they're just very kind, you know, yeah. very kind. Oh, thank you. You know, but they were like, yeah, we're probably not making a show here. Right. And I said, no, 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 here's the deal. When you all make the show, I want the Jersey that you qualified in to make the TV show. So I'm going to get like six jerseys at the end of this event because you're all going to make the show. And they were laughing <laughs> and everything. Right. Well, I forget this stuff that I make up and say all the time. Like I throw out so many ridiculous things like that, you know, because it's like Matt always says, if, if it, if it comes to fruition and it pays off, I get a great story out of it. Right. right. So on this particular time, and I had forgot because the world series is a long, long event, you know, I'm working the extra frame booth. It's just long days. And then the chameleon championship qualifying happens and Fawaz Abdullah makes the show, right. Yeah. He makes the show. Meanwhile, seriously, I know it sounds crazy, but I forgot that I even said this down in the lobby the day of, of uh, practice, right? The next morning, Fawaz walks up to, to the extra frame booth, hands me this jersey right here. And uh, this is the uh, Team Bahrain jersey that he wore to qualify in. Amazing, man. That's it. That's unbelievable. That's fantastic. You know, that's that that was the logo. That's my logo. Look at this logo right here on the sleeve. If I can never show it to everybody here. DM <laughs> for Tim Mack right there, baby. It's a fire logo. Yeah. My wife drew that logo up and, and the red and white are Bahrain's 
flag colors. As you can see, their flag on their shirt. Um, Man, that was, that's that's an that's amazing. You still have that. That's fantastic. And uh, I actually just talked to Fawaz the other day, and funny you mentioned that, Mike, because we talked about you know in two thousand in in twenty one would be the ten year anniversary of our first trip, Bahrain's first trip to the World Series, but also it'll be my fiftieth birthday year, mm -hmm. and we talked about having a ten year reunion to come back to the World Series of Bowling, the, the guys, the group of guys, and celebrate. I celebrated my 40th birthday, actually, in Bahrain. And we talked about that as well just a couple weeks. So that's great that you brought that up. That's great, Mike. That's cool. And uh, I remember uh, the Boot Hill, which I believe was 2013. Uh, yes. Uh, May. I think, uh, Dave, Arm Dave Armstrong today just posted about it, actually. And I think he tagged us all in it. Um, you made a deep run at the Boot Hill back in 2013 when I was streaming that tournament, the last Boot Hill. Uh, do you remember that one? I remember it very vividly. Um, you, and you were in the bar, and, and and this is when we were talking about you know you know some some changes for you moving moving forward in the future. You know, as far as where you where you were going to take your next uh, career path, and uh, I just remember um, Woody say Woody, Woody calling my name before I bowled the, the, that round, and he said Tim Mack has been. He called me a has been. And then I got up in the 10th and I doubled in the 10th and I yelled right back at him. And I said, how's that for a has-been? I'm not, I've got a lot left. And I, I just screamed at him something, something to that nature. I don't know, remember exactly what it was, but I know I needed a double in the 10th. And I said, it's like, not, not bad for a has-been who's not, who's, who doesn't have it anymore or something like that. You know, I, and uh, I, I took it, you know, I, I just, he said that and all it did was it, okay, you said that. All right, I'll show you. And that's really those types of things I, I, I live, I prided myself on. People say I can't do something. Okay, tell me more. Tell me again. Because I'm just going to let the fire stoke, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to I'm going to prove you wrong. So that was one of those times. <laughs> yeah, I think Kevin Vostri uh, remembers it quite a bit here. He says here in the chat, Mac had to fill 29 the 10th at the 2013 to knock Tyler Vostri out in round number four. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> Thanks for remembering. I remember because I, my, my, I remember it vividly because my, 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 I just got back from Bahrain. I hadn't done any bowling. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go up and bowl this food hill. Let's go up to Chicago. And uh, my wife and daughter with me, we went up and uh, went to the towers and went around Chicago a little bit. And I remember bowling the tournament vividly remember. It. And if, um, if I didn't, uh, I kind of caught a bad break or I, I, I would have made the step ladder. I would have been bowling Liz for the title, I think. I think Liz Johnson won that tournament that year. Actually, it was actually Jeffrey Young. Liz was second. But okay, so, so yeah, so Jeffrey, but they, I knew that, yeah, Jeffrey from Texas, right? Yep, yep. The short little guy, right? That, that just kind mm -hmm. of flipped it off his hand. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I would have made it, but uh, I, I think I use moments like that, guys, when you know when people want to push doubt, and I, I, I use it to fuel positive energy. You know, you keep saying me, keep telling me, you know, keep telling me I stink, keep telling me I'm done. You know, keep telling me I can't do something and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, uh, you know, and if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to ask the people that maybe have done it before and uh, help me get to the point where I need, you know, where I need to have the success I need to have. So uh, it was a great, great, great time. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Yeah, those are just a couple of vivid memories. Uh, of course, working together at Storm as well. There were some good ones. Great. Also, um, I remember a time you took a trip to Utah, you know, <laughs> when you came out to visit and, um, you know, try to figure out what your future looked like there. And that was, that was an impactful day for me. I still remember that day. Uh, very much so. We even had a call with Rob Gottschall that day when he was deciding to leave Storm and maybe take a job with Evan International. It was just a weird day how both things happened on the same exact day. Yeah, I just listen, like I said earlier, Mike, I'm just really fortunate. You know, when, I, I guess when you're with uh, somebody for 25 years, you know, I've had so many great moments and so many uh, special times. And I'm so thankful for Bill Chrisman and, 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 and Barb and, 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 and them taking a chance on a kid, you know, taking a chance on a fresh kid out of, you know, that he didn't know. I mean, you know, it's like just taking your chips and pushing them to the table. Well, I'll give this kid an opportunity. Let's see what he does with it. And, um, you know, 25 years, we just, it, it's just kind of, you know, we, we grow up, but you know, you get bumps along the road, along the way, nothing's ever smooth to, to trying to get to the top, try to get to the top of the mountain. And, um, you know, I think Bill would tell you himself, he said, you know, one day he probably wished that he would be the be, be the biggest bowling ball manufacturer in the world. And now, you know, we, we've achieved, you know, being really, really, really successful for quite a long time. And, um, you know, it's, it's a testament to just continuing to, you know, evolve and continuing to try to move forward. And you know, I've been really lucky to be around some great people. You know, Mike, yourself, our time at storm was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And, uh, you know, I think your skill set is, is phenomenal and what, what you do. And, and and now you're bringing, you know, inside bowling is uh, promoting bowling and promoting uh, the sport and, and uh, you know, trying to, you know, bring people together, especially like you said, at this time at COVID-19. Uh, and um, I don't know what your plans are moving forward, you guys, but uh, I certainly hope maybe, you know, you guys can continue to do some sort of show for the people and for, and for bowling just in general, because I think it's healthy. You know, um, I don't know how when we break out of this, what our new normal is going to be. Right. So yeah. people may need your voices and just need Bowling's voices. And these shows that you talked about earlier, I think they've been the best word I can find for you guys. is They've been therapeutic, therapeutic for a lot of people. And, um, you know, like you said, uh, you, you know, I think the, the people that are doing them, I hope they can continue to do them and, and uh, continue to bring that therapy that bowling needs and our world needs, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Tim, there is one question, the elephant in the room that we do have to ask here. Uh oh, With all that amateur success that you've had and yeah. and, um, and whatnot, and now you're, you're out on the tour a lot, um, helping the greatest in the world. Sure. And you've been a great talent scout also, which is something else I do want to get into after this question. Okay. But not having a professional PBA title. Yeah, it's a great, listen, it's a great question. Uh, and I, I, I've never shied away from it. Um, when I joined the tour in 0304, um, my shoulder was already, was already starting to be pretty bad. I never, I didn't bowl the full season. I just missed out on points. And then by the time the end of that year, I couldn't even lift my arm up. So, um, I went out on tour clearly, clearly past my prime when I had, I had that run from my, my mid twenties to my early thirties. I had an eight year run there that was, you know, it, I would take it as good as, you know, as, as eight, eight to 10 year run as good as anybody. Um, and I never, I bowled one full, se one full season on tour. And even then that was, um, 
not really. It, it was the match play where 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 you got points and then you just bowled matches. You weren't bowling games, and I had a lot of success. And the tour trophies behind me were for from for multi for long game formats, and that was the misnomer with people because they saw me have so much success in the high roller and the mega buck events, which were those sprint formats. But the, the, the overseas formats were much longer game formats. And, um, you know, the, 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 I was more uh, suited for that. But I have no excuses other than the fact that I, I obviously ran into injuries. And, you know, I'm 15 surgeries in since 2005. So I joined the tour in 2003, you know, after six tournaments in. Um, I'll let people make their own opinions because they're going to do that. And all I know is when I look at Dominic Barrett's resume or uh, Jesper Svensson's resume, his Bahrain Open is a PBA title. When I look at uh, Dominic Barrett's resume, his Qatar Open's a PBA title. You know, Barnes has uh, the Vienna Open as a PBA title. I won three Bahrain Opens. I won Qatar Open. I won the Singapore Open three times, you know. So a lot of turn titles that were given. And don't, you don't say that, well, you didn't bowl against the competition. Well, the, the gentleman that I bowled against for, for for one of the gentlemen, and this is just one because the whole when my when when this all was going about, my whole job, my whole crusade then was let's bring the world closer together. Let's let's really try to get all the best bowlers on the planet together. We're still not there yet. If the country of Korea came here and all the all of them, the national team, all the kids bowled, you guys would be like you'd be you'd be like, are you kidding me? So. Jung Woo Park, Choi Buckum, the, the, the household names that a lot of the pros know about because they bowled against them in the World Championships. So, um, yeah, I don't have. I I, I bowled ten. I think I bowled eleven regionals in my life. I have one win and I have like three seconds. So I'm ten percent in the regionals. Um, you know, I, I just didn't bowl them. So, um, you know, I, I have a P Korean PBA major from the Samo Cup and a, a Japanese PBA major from it, and the PBA was involved in it, but I I, I never. I never, uh, I never, I never got, I never got recognition for it, which is, it is what it is. Um, and then obviously, you know, over time, you know, it took me seven uh, with, with the surgeries that I had, the seven knee surgeries that I had and the three in my shoulder, you know, just to try to get back. To, I didn't get back to competitive bowling until 08, 09, like at the highest level. So I missed a lot of good years in there, but um, I'm determined to continue to, to end my career on my terms, not because my body shut down and not, 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 not because, you know, my, 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 my body won't, um, you know, my body won't, won't, how do you say, I don't know how, won't respond like, you know, everybody else's body does. So I, I'm, listen, I'm not dead. I'll just leave it at that. And I haven't thrown my last ball yet. Um, but Mike, it's a question that I'll answer any day of the week and uh, twice on Sundays. And I, and, I, and I think now, because like you pointed out, that, that I've watched all this bowling and that I, 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 I've, I've had a different perspective, um, when I do sharpen my tools and sharpen my saw, uh, you know, my decision making will be a lot, a lot more clear, a lot better, and, I, and, I, and I'll be better for it. Yeah. Will you bowl any PBA events or are you looking – towards the PBA 50 tour when you turn 50 will you go out and try that I think a little bit of both Mike I I, I think uh, you know and, and and just so you guys know I'm going to pull something up here this is what I'm I, I, I'm dealing with when I what I came back from 
That was surgery number seven, okay? That's 48 staples, and that's my slide leg for any of the viewers out there watching. That's my slide leg. So just so you know, that's that was surgery number seven on the left leg. But um, great question. I, I'd like to bowl some of the – you know, I, I sat and watched Ron Moore, uh, and, and I was at his Hall of Fame induction, and I think, man, that would be pretty cool. I think I – I think that maybe be the route, you know, that maybe I can take to to hopefully, you know, uh, be, be competitive bowler. But then I've got this great opportunity, Mike and Matt, with Storm and, you know, growing bowling and gro trying to grow our company and trying to, you know, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity in Europe and our international sales team. And I'm really committed to that. And um, especially now with, with what's going on, I mean, it's crazy what, you know, our world is, is at. So I really, I really want to bowl a couple of more events because also bowling helps keep my knowledge with the equipment to help the players. So when I throw the ball, Hey, yeah, you switch to this one or go to this one or go to that one. So it's been staying relevant as a bowler is very important. I think for me and helping my, my, my repping, my repping ability as well. The interesting thing about you guys over at Storm, right, is is you've got yourself, you've got Matt McNeil, you've got Alex Hoskins, you got a Steve Klimkin, right? Those are four guys that all work for the company that have pretty pretty high up positions within the company. Sure, you, you four could just grab another person, and you guys can have a PBA league team and probably be very competitive and be very good. And there, are, I'm sure there are weeks when this when the tour staff is looking at you guys and is like. Okay, well, we didn't make the show, but uh, Klimkin and Hoskins made the Masters show, right? And and Matt McNeil, you know, has made shows. It's kind of an interesting thing you guys have going on there with with corporate people that bowl a few events here and there. It wouldn't surprise me if you made a show, won an event or something. Yeah, it's, it, it, but Mike, you make a great point. You know, I never actually thought about that, but um, uh, yeah, it's, that's a great point. The fact that. Um, but again, our, our slogan at Storm, as you know, the Bowlers Company, we're made up of bowlers. Bill Christman himself is all in, in the Utah State Hall of Fame and a Hall of Fame bowler. Corbett Austin, our, tech, our, our operations manager, you know, a Hall of Famer. Dave Sims, our president, a Hall of Famer. Uh, just wonderful, talented bowlers. And um, a lot of our salesmen, Ralph Solon, Team USA Bowler, you know, uh, Steve Klumpkin, uh, multiple, multiple mul USBC Hall of Famer and champion. Um, I'll tell you what, if we're hooking it in the league, I'll take Mike Flanagan on my team. <laughs> and, and then if we're going straight with Matt Barber, as long as he's got that little wrist wrister that you want, Robbie, you want me with the, you want me with the Robbies. Yeah. If we're going straight. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can keep my thumb to the right and puck it pretty good these days. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you, Mike, you're right. The, the, the talent level at storm. Um, and, 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 and I'll add one in there. Hank, Hank, Hank Boomershine can, uh, you know, can still sling it and he just won a tournament. And, um, you know, we're very lucky. We're very lucky and very fortunate. And you take a guy like, uh, another one, another rep, since we're benching reps, how about Doug Ken? Yeah. Yeah. You know, man, I mean, it's on the bowling side, on the bowling side of it. So yeah. And then you guys also have Dollar junior. Yeah. And, uh, you guys also have Kendall miles. He's a part of your, or your team. Yeah, over there. Kendall, he's, Kendall, he's, well. And Chad McLean, who who's down there, we're going to, he throws the ball great as well. So, um, you know, uh, I mean, the list list goes on, uh, and and if we want to add a woman, we could throw in Leanne Leanne Holsenberg in there. Yeah, she's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> she's okay. She would probably strike a couple of times and yeah. make a couple of spares. So I just think it's um it's a wonderful array of uh, of talent 
uh, on, on the bowling lanes, and and we're very fortunate. We're, we're very very fortunate in that regard. I mentioned all that because you were saying, you know, yeah, I'd like to go out and bowl, but I've also got this job responsibility. And I think there's sure. just multiple people that work at Storm that do so much good for bowling that also at the same time would like to bowl more. But you need that stability, and you're also making just as much of a difference off the lanes as you do on the lanes. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. You, you know, listen. Um, even when I was going through my, when I was bowling full time in 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 the height of my career, I always felt like it was important to don't just bowl and wrap up your shoes and walk out the bowling center. And I'm, a, as you know, and people watching, I, I you know I'm not afraid to speak and talk and never met a stranger in my life. And I just think it's important to network and you know try to make people um, treat people the way you want to be treated. And uh, I've lived my life like that. And uh, you know, and I think it's important when I walked in the bowling centers and. You know, I was intense on the lanes and wanted to win, but I never tried to show up my opponent. And, uh, you know, I was my, my emotion was always positive and powerful towards me. But if someone got in my face, I wasn't afraid to get back at them either. So um, but also when I got done with the lanes, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to talk to the locals. I wanted to mix and mingle. I wanted to go out and, and, and learn a little bit about the, the, the country and learn a little bit about their their, their bowling and what, what's going on there you know, in their environment and in their, in their country. And uh, I think that's maybe why I've been very lucky that I've had the, the friendships and the relationships that I've been able to uh, accrue over time uh, because of it. I'm just, I'm just very blessed in that regard. And uh, I think um, as bowlers, you know, we have too many bowlers that just bowl and walk out the bowling center and Hey, that's okay. That's okay. But we do need, to continue to have uh, the, the, the people that to, to engage with our fan base and engage with our proprietors and engage with the people uh, that are involved in our sport. And it, 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 it'll grow exponentially if we continue to do that. Yeah. Some of us love to do that. Of course, you know, like uh, I'll go work an event or something and Kim will be with me and I'll say, yeah, I got to go down. I got to do this. I got to watch bowling. I got to do the videos and everything. And she's like, okay, well, what time do you think you're going to be done? I'm like, well, bowling's done around eight. So I'll probably be able to go have a late dinner around 1130, 1130. Yeah. I'm going to you to make the video. Oh no, I got to sit around and talk to people. And while I'm making my way back to the hotel room, I'm going to run into bowlers. And I got to spend 30 minute conversations on the way. And she's like, really, it's that important. And I'm like, you know what? That, that's how you network. That's how you get somewhere in this industry. And it's and so, some people spend the extra time with folks and some people don't. And it's always been my philosophy as well. We have that in common. Yeah, I just I, I, I agree with you, Mike. And, 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 and you're a talker and, and, and very approachable. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's important in our industry. And I think it's something that, that gets missed, missed, missed sometimes. And, um, you know, our, the, the number one bowl on the planet right now, which is Jason Belmonte, he, he's extremely good at it. And could you guys hear a reverb or something? Yeah, no, maybe it's just on my end. But uh, Jason, excuse me, Jason is, is just fantastic and phenomenal uh, with people. And um, he's uniquely blessed that um, he treats people with respect and, uh, and he does the right thing for, for his fans. And, uh, and you know, I, I think people have seen that and, and are, are starting to follow along and say, hey, you know, we got to look out after our fans and look out after their, you know, the people that are. Um, I just think just because you're a great bowler doesn't mean you can't talk to the guy that just shot, you know, averages 150, right? You know, everybody's ball stops striking someday, and what do you have when it's over? You know, what did you create throughout your whole life? Your 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 blueprint. What did you create from from A to Z? Never forget where you come from. Treat people consistently along the way, and then what do you have when your ball stops striking? You know. Yeah. Or, or, or it's important. And, uh, 
you know, Matt, you alluded to it earlier. I'll allude to the fact that I've got these relationships, you know, one of my best friends, Andrew Frawley, sitting in Kuwait right now. Purvis Granger is in the in the Philippines, one, one of my dear friends. You know, um, I could call Belmo up and go down there. I can call Fawaz and we can go show him his New Jersey, which I talked to him just the other day. Or I can call my great friends in, in England or go down to Mexico and see Arturo. And, and, or, and uh, you know, it's just the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And go to Asia and see all the great friends in Korea, all our great friends in Singapore and, and my great friends in Thailand, you know, Jojo and uh, Anop and, and Sulawai. And, you know, the, it just goes on and on and on and on. And uh, I think that really um, is, is what is really special to me. You know, the relationships uh, that we continue to build. Yeah, definitely. And, and the last thing that I really wanted to talk about is something that I feel like not everybody knows about you is your ability to um, notice talent and then talk the right talent up the flagpole. And I know that Dominic Barrett and Jason Belmonte, it's not that you discovered these guys, but the fact that you kept pushing, hey, boss man, Bill Chrisman, that you you got to see this kid bowl. You got to sign this right. kid, Oscar Palermo, right? And I particularly remember one time I was working for Storm. It was very early on. I was overseeing the players. And we were at the World Series Bowling a couple of years later after the one I talked about earlier. And you pulled me aside and said, Mike, this week you got to watch a couple of these guys. These guys are going to be future superstars. And I particularly remember you said Jesper Svensson. You said Richie Teese. Um, and uh, might have been Larson. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Larson, maybe. Yep. And then and then there was one other guy that, that didn't that didn't have a great week. And I haven't seen him much. Uh, okay. Uh, but you you that week, I never saw Jesper Bowl. <laughs> and, and and I never really saw Rich, Richie Bull, and they've both gone on to win PBA titles. Um, yep. Talk a little bit about your uh, talent evaluation and kind of what goes into that. Uh, listen, Mike, I've been very lucky because I've been able to travel throughout the world with with the support, you know, being being involved at Storm and and, and my responsibilities. You know, when I was a player, I also wanted to uh, analyze talent, and uh, you know. Obviously, meeting Belmo at 16, fresh face, 16 years old, you know, just just literally, um, you know, just getting his career started and, um, you know, pushed hard and pushed hard and pushed hard. I, and I just think, you know, I've been, I've been I don't know if I have an eye for it or I've been fortunate, you know, that I've made some early lucky guesses. I met you, you, you mentioned Jesper. I met Jesper when he was seven years old, you know, seven um, and I bowled against his father and then I watched his career, you know, a, a, as it started going up and, and then Belmo, once he got to 17, he started traveling with me. And, uh, you know, I was on his show a couple weeks ago, you know, he, he said I was very influential in teaching him how to win and, 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 sh and, and winning tournaments that, you know, he, he didn't think I, no one thought I had a chance to win. And then all of a sudden, you know, I come from the depths of nowhere and he, he utilizes that even to today on his PBA career. Or a guy like Richie Teese, who you watch, um, you know, you know, you watch his career materialize in front of you and say, "Hey, listen, this guy's got what it takes." Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky, and you know, and Don Barrett, and, and actually Stuart Williams as well as another PBA champion, and then Oscu. Oscu kind of opened up opened up the whole can of worms back then in 2004 when he made the show at the U.S. Open, and then people were like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" But it's with the same thing I've been saying for years when I was traveling that there's great bowlers all over the planet. And just because they didn't come to America and win doesn't mean they're great. You could go go look at all the Americans that have traveled all over the world, and let's add up how many times they've won. Okay, it, it's not as easy as it is. And and if the guy you need to ask, go ask Sean Rash how easy it is. 
You know, he went 13 years before he won a, won a, a tournament overseas. It was like 12 or 13 years. And he's one of the greatest PBA players and greatest of this generation. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for Sean. He's a fantastic bowler. But winning these events is not easy. Winning isn't easy. You know, there's a price. And as you guys both know, it's it, it's, it's very difficult. And I think everybody has their own generations. And I, I've been fortunate to um, see, you know, evaluate players and, and, and get the trust on the other side, from 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 Bill Crispin as well, because I've gotten you know uh, the trust from him and our international team, and uh, you know there's a there's a slew of Asian bowlers that have been great for so long and um, would have success. I mean, I think Mike, the, we talk about that World Series. That might have been the World Series where it was Korean unknown, Korean unknown in the in, in a title match that bowled for the title. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and um, you know. This is why, uh, you know, what, what the PBA and Tom Clark and Coley Edison and Valero, what they're doing now, and really continuing to continue to build the World Series. We have to continue to let people come over and ball. We have to because our, our sport is so global now and the world is so global now. It's at the touch of a button. And, you know, what we're doing right now, it's so, education is so much smaller than it was when I began traveling that – you know, people can can get in touch with people and make an impact at the touch of a button. And I really believe that we, we, we need to continue to keep keep that kind of mindset mentality, because when we truly have all the best bowlers bowling on the planet, then we'll have a proper world tour. And it, it's going to be something to be re, remain to be seen. Think about if the guys from Bahrain never came. You're like, oh, these guys can't bowl. Came over, made a TV show. TV show against yeah. the best gets the best. Some almost all in the best of the best in, in, in our sport, in our, in our game, in, in our country. He showed up, made it. Mika Koivinimi learned to bowl over in Europe, came to the PBA at 32 years of age. Tori Torgerson, who I bowled against my whole life, and who was my roommate, who's one of the greatest I've ever seen. First year he had a chance to come bowl the senior U.S. Open, he won. First year. So, there's great bowlers all over the place, and I think it's us, and you know, uh, it's 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 our responsibility because bowling is really important and really uh, special to us here in America, guys. It's our responsibility to continue to promote it and continue to to, to bring the world closer together and make this sport better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Timmy. And speaking of the discovering, or you know, not necessarily discovering, but growing up alongside and traveling with and competing with all these different talented individuals, what has being a rep been like in developing all these close relationships with the players that look up to you as a mentor? That's a great question, Matt. I, you know, and I, I know you guys are on time frame here, so I'll, I'll try to cut it down. Um, you know, the one thing I think that I've, I've, I've gotten from a lot of the, the older players is uh, a, a respect level because they see me win tournaments or they've seen me do it. You know, Jason see me do it you know, many, many, many times in my career. Um, you know, I bowled against Dominic. I bowled against uh, Stewie. Um, I bowled against, uh, you know, Wes. I obviously bowled against Pete and Norm. So they see me win tournaments. And I think it's, uh, you know, there's no substitute for throwing a shot or, you know, you know, knowing what the bowler's feeling. Or when a bowler has 54 in the in the fourth, I know what they're feeling. And they need to shoot 220. They got to find a seven-bagger. I know it because I've been there. Or if you need 550 the last two, I know what it feels like because I've been there and, and I've done it and I've not done it. 
So I think um, that really helps in that regard uh, of understanding uh, the bowler's mentality. Um, you know, I, I've obviously watched a lot of balls go down the lane. I, I, you know, I try to understand our products and other companies' products so that I can know what's working and what's not working. And I've been, and, and, and Matt, to be quite honest with you, Matt and Mike, I've been very lucky because we got a great team and, and Jimmy Callahan and Sean, Sean Ryan's been a fantastic addition and, and Dell Ballard and Doug Kent and, and, and Steve, uh, Steve Jacobs, we got a good group of people that, you know, we, 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 we gravitate towards and, you know, we bounce things off of, but I think the, the younger players, uh, which is part of my drive, um, haven't seen me compete so much um, other than maybe on YouTube or what have you. And, um, you know, that's why, that's why when I bowled the PBA doubles this year, I, I wasn't ready, but I bowled Chris Fye and, um, if I would have kept it on the lane, I would have been, you know, close to 350 over. But I, you know, I bolt, you know, I, I bolt. I was 200 over for my for my block and was respectable, but not what I wanted to do. And if I was sharp, my tools were sharp, I would have bowled a lot better. But I just think, um, I, I, and I've been able to gain some trust with a lot of these young guys. Like you take Simonson, for example, he's like my little brother, and uh, I mean, he understands. He knows how much I've won tournaments uh, and what I've won as a bowler. But he also understands that I think when you're repping that if you can uh, help a guy get through a very difficult time that he's having, um, you gain his trust immediately. And uh, I think we've been able to do that together. Our team has been able to do that together. And uh, there's been, you know, segments where, um, you know, whether it's my voice or Jimmy's voice or Dell's voice or, or now Sean's voice or, or Doug's voice, you know, we all have our own, own little um, I think, positives and uh you know i try to keep it positive as positive as i can be because um there's not a lot of guys out there that are the best of the best of the best that are, that, that thrive on the negative that, that, that live in the negative 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 mind tiger is not going over there oh my god i think i'm gonna hit the shot out of bounds or or jordan's like i'm gonna miss the shot you know everything's about i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it you know and i think that's important in bowling too i'm gonna make the shot i'm gonna make the shot and that's what i try to also bring to the table yeah, I love that. And as a young guy that has gotten to bowl in Asia and uh, South America, all around the world, um, the one thing I really want to say is just thank you, Timmy, for paving the way. You know, you were inducted to the USBC Hall of Fame, not only because you're an incredible bowler, but because you're a pioneer and you really were one of the first in the world to open up the gateway for everybody else to go ahead and say, see that it's a possibility. And I firmly believe that, you know, going over and bowling the Thailand Open wouldn't have happened for me or bowling for Team USA and traveling the world wouldn't necessarily be the same if it wasn't for someone like you to come and pave the way for the rest of us. So I, I greatly appreciate all that you've done for us and all that you've done for the sport. Uh, Matt, I, your sentiments, I'm so thankful. You know, I'm really humbled by your words. I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I've watched you bowl. You're an amazing young talent. I think you'd have a lot of success if you came out in the PBA tour and, and actually dedicated yourself full time. I think you're that good. Um, you know, but we all have different paths and timing is about life is about timing. And uh, my, my time was I had that one experience and I've been able to hopefully, you know, cha change, change the game. And um, as you mentioned earlier, the pioneer category means a great deal to me that because, uh, you know, I, I had a, a pretty, like I said, a pretty decent record as far as winning tournaments, but um to be someone that's actually changed the sport and made a difference, uh, you know, in that category is, is really, really special. I mean, how many millions of bowlers that we've had in the history of our sport? And there's only 20, 21 pioneers in the USBC Hall of Fame. And I'm fortunate to be very, very lucky to be one of them. But it's not me. 
it's, you know, it's a team of people. It's my family. It's, you know, it's obviously, I, I never, I, I never have the opportunity without storm, you know, traveling the world, you know, it's the great people that I worked with, you know, Mike was part of that part of the process as well. So, um, you, you know, I, I hope it's a representation, a good representation of the body of work. So I'm very thankful. Thanks for that. I want to end with this, Timmy, because we're pretty much out of time. But one thing we didn't talk about is how good of a salesman that you are. And if anybody from your from your company is watching this right now and isn't sure if you're going to be able to sell bowling balls in Europe, uh, I'd like to be full screen now, Matt. When when I was uh, 15 years old, 14 years old, there was a young lady that was bowling part time on the PWBA tour, and she was a great collegiate bowler. And her name is Brenda Norman right here. And I've got her AMF card and I've had it for the longest time here. And, uh, Timmy, uh, was able to sell himself at this wonderful <laughs> young lady right here. Here's the back of the card, nice, beautiful shot of Brenda. And she is just an absolute pleasure and a uh, bundle of joy. And she's doing great things now in the community there, uh, at the hospital. And I just wanted to say that, uh, you're one hell of a salesman, pal, to be that short, that bald, no PBA titles, and to land, <laughs> land a lady like Brenda. Hats off to you, pal. <laughs> I'll tell you what, buddy. I uh, I appreciate that with a laugh, and uh, I'm very lucky. My uh, I must be pretty good in that regard. But uh, there was a day that I had had almost as much hair as you. But my life is pretty <laughs> stressful, and uh, yeah, um, I'm proud of my head, and uh, we're running with it. But uh, I. Uh, very lucky, like you said. We, we Brenda's a, a wonderful human being. Uh, I'm so blessed that she's my wife and my family, we, and we have a lovely daughter. And uh, you know what she's doing. She put, you know, her career. She was an amazing bowler. You know, she had one on the ladies' tour. You know, she's got three USBC women's titles in the USBC championships. She's got 17 top fives. 17. 17. She's the she's the bowler. And um, you know, I'm hopeful that she'll get 20 years in and maybe have the opportunity, you know, maybe win one more to, it'd be, it's a unique group with four USBC titles and, you know, 20 top fives. It'd be great if she got in the USBC hall of fame, but I'm very lucky and very blessed. And uh, thank you so much, Mike, for the, for, for the kind words about my wife. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And love Jones has the comment of the 40 episodes, right? Yeah. Obsession with other guys' wives is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Every single show, it's like, man, you're a great salesman. You must have been a great salesman to sell yourself if you sell that one. <laughs> well, it's because so many guys tell me I'm a great salesman to to be with Kim, and um, I get that all the time. As a matter of fact, before the show, Tim was more interested in talking to Kim than than me. Big Red, so, I call her Big Red, guys. I call her Big. Red. <laughs> so you know, that's that's just kind of my way of uh, reciprocating what everyone throws my way. So. But I'm okay with it too. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. It's it's the ladies, you know. It's 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 the ladies behind the scenes that are, that are the real heroes in bowling. They really are. We talked about that with Pete Weber a couple of weeks ago about Juanita Weber and her passing, and and just how she was the glue for that family for for all of their careers and their lives. So, uh, so that's where my obsession comes from, Timmy. It's been great having you on the program today. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. I can't thank you guys enough, and uh, I don't know which direction you're going to go in, but I certainly hope you uh, find a way to uh, uh, continue to, to to bring your knowledge and and your joy and your your humor and your laughter and your seriousness uh, to these shows. And uh, again, I salute you on 40 shows. 
well done in eight weeks and uh, continued success to both of you guys. And again, my thank th thanks to both of you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, brother. All right, Matt, that's it for our final guest on this first chapter. And, and I, I think, I think there's a few things here um, that I want to talk about. I wrote a couple things down on the notepad here and it's uh, you know, this, this shows a product of quarantine. Uh, we had a bunch of contracts, a lot of traveling work that we were going to go do. Uh, and because we've been grounded at home, that's why we started the show. Um, you agree with that? Yeah. One, 100%. Okay. So if it wasn't for quarantine, we wouldn't be doing the show. Uh, the next thing is, is, is for some reason we threw out 40 episodes. Why did we throw out 40 episodes? Because that's when we thought the world might get back to normal. Um, and we're getting there. I mean, it's, it's getting to be about that time. Um, 60 guests. We've had 60 different people on our program uh, over the course of all, all the episodes. I can remember, uh, the first episode we called the beginning where it was just you and I, um, you know, and it's got quite a few views, <laughs> which is crazy in itself. Um, then we had uh, Dave Lamont on as our first guest and we had KR Strike Force on as, a, as being able to test our, our streaming uh, capabilities of how many people we can have on the show. We had Kimberly Pressler on and I wanted to talk to her about dating Tommy Lee and, and Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit, And we didn't think we were going to get there. And then she asked, for me to ask that question. She said, tattoos were delicious. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Clark has been on a couple of times, um, with us in different avenues, the Coley and Tom interview that, that I did and you produced, um, what any shows in particular over the last 40 episodes that really stand out to you, they were all great, but anything in particular? Um, it's hard to say, you know, I've learned what I, what I will say for sure is that, as a as a as a bowler that competed at a very high level, my education level for bowling history was very very low, and I think maybe that that's true for a lot of people my age. And um, I think that doing this show not only got me or you know gave me the opportunity to talk to some people, but to learn a whole hell of a lot about a lot of different people. Um, you know, ranging ranging from from guys like Dave Ryan and his time at Syracuse and all the hard work that he put in when he was younger and um, all the way up to, you know, people from, from KR to learn, you know, that they started in golf and, you know, the history of the company there. And, um, you know, starting from the week of Dave's week one to now, um, you know, capping it off with an incredible guy, um, Timmy Mack. It's just been We've been all over the spectrum here. We've talked pretty much almost about everything that we probably could have talked about. And uh, it's been an absolute blast to be able to learn from people, have a good time, um, you know, just shoot the shit and just enjoy and try and bring some light to this quarantine. I had a friend call me yesterday on the phone and we were talking about a bowling tournament he wants to run. And when he called me, he said, you know what, Mike, this show uh, is winding down. I've enjoyed every minute of it. He goes, you want to know the one that sticks out to me? I said, yeah, sure. He says, Rob Stone. He goes, cause I really didn't like Rob Stone very much. Um, but then I listened to your show and now I have such an appreciation for that man. And really the fact of the matter is Rob Stone's so big now that when Fox said, Hey, we're going to pick up bowling. You want to do it? He could have said, screw off. Yeah. He said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do soccer. And yeah, you know, but he was all in. Point. Absolutely. I want to reunite with my man, Randall, you know? So that was a great moment too. When we had, when we had that special re <laughs> reuniting of the two of them, that was, that was fun. 
I also remember the uh, show that we did with Robbie Spigner and uh, Michael Fagan in regards to bowling centers. And then uh, even the show yesterday that we had with Drew Parkin and Lee Sant um, and Jeff Osprey talking about the pro shop business and and the real struggle that's been going on during quarantine. Uh, That was another, that was another good one. Um, Yeah. We had Chuck Gardner on. We had, we had so many, I mean, if I were to go through the list right here of all the guests that we had on granted, we had 60 of them. Six. Is, that's a lot of people to try to go through here. But I mean, we had Rambo Ray, Amleto Monticelli, Bob Learn, Bob Leto. I mean, we we've got like the 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 type of people that we had on on the Wiseman. show. We haven't Danny, mentioned Brad and Kyle. Bill O'Neill, we had on. We had Gavin yeah. Duncan, Duncan Basketballs. Chad Murphy came on. I mean, the somehow Mike, uh, we were able to get some really really big important people within the sport to come on and to talk about our sport, and it's. It's been a blast. And to think that, you know, to think that we had the opportunity to do something like this, um, to get to know people better, to allow people to tell their stories and to give them a platform to do that. I think it's, it's really special. And, you know, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's really not even about us. You know, we have a good time. We're the faces that people come on and see every day, but people really aren't necessarily tuning in for us. They're tuning in for bowling and they're tuning in to learn more about the sport. So that's what means so much about, about this to me. Yeah. So people want to know, you know, what, what, what are we doing? You know, we're ending the show today. We're not dead. I mean, we are not dead people. Um, we will be doing some things here in the future. I'm, I'm pretty pleased to announce that a, a week from Tuesday, we're going to be doing a uh, fantasy draft again, uh, 730 central time, greatest bowling balls of all time. And I don't have everybody committed yet, but I believe everybody it's, I got a verbal commitment, but I'm waiting for their emails back. But uh, Chad Murphy has definitely committed already. Uh, but we're going to do the greatest bowling balls of all time um, fantasy draft. And that's going to be a, a blast. And you're going to love the cast of characters that we have on that particular uh, program. So we're going to pop in and do things like that. When the tour resumes, you know, I'm sure we're going to do some sort of, of show within here. But here's the real thing. When you, if, you, if you go ahead and peel all the layers back, everybody. I, I run inside bowling and I have a team of people here. And we have to make a livelihood. And during this quarantine time, we've been able to take advantage of some of the government programs. We've been able to do some different things with a loss of income from people in the industry that can no longer afford our services. So we have the decision of whether we sign back on and do things with other organizations and partner and collaborate and do what we do for them. Uh, we have a certain amount of travel. Do we want to commit to a bunch of travel again? Do we want to sign up for that again? And we're weighing all of our options. We've also been given some opportunities outside of bowling that we can do that, that could probably be more of a financial, uh, positive for our company. Then maybe it could help spearhead and fund some other things. You know, if you hit the jackpot in another industry, you could give back in this industry and maybe run some tournaments and things like that. You know, Chris Chartrand, we had him on the show and we talked about Kegel and how they're starting to uh, make uh, products for other companies within their facility. And with the numbers he was talking, you do the math, that could be a big financial windfall for Kegel. And they've always reinvested in the sport. So that's something that that we can do. Adam Barta chiming in. He was on the show too. Amazing guest. Um, so, you know, we're looking at those sorts of things. You know, we're, we're also looking at, at doing our own things in the industry, creating a digital platform, maybe a coaching platform. Uh, with a monthly subscription service that's very affordable where you can you can get a virtual lesson day in and day out um, all the time. Um, and we're, we're working on that 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 project as well. 
We're also looking into potentially getting some sort of products of some kind and selling it on inside bowling, whether it be balls, bags, shoes, rosin bags, chamois. You know, maybe we'll go discover the latest and greatest, newest accessory and 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 we'll we'll bring that to market. You know, we've got a talented group here and we we want to work on these sorts of things. So Again, media at insidebowling.com, media at insidebowling.com. You can email us directly if you have any thoughts or maybe something you, you, you've been wanting to do in bowling, and we, we can help maybe bring it to fruition for you. And, of course, if you know anybody that needs graphic design help, website building, video production, social media work, or anything like that, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And uh, we, we don't really do much advertising uh, for what we do. It's all word of mouth, and uh, we're spending that word of, word of mouth out here uh again today so do i think when the pba and pwba tours return i know pwba is going to be a bit of a longer time 2021 but on the pba side of things you know we got the strike derby this weekend you know would would it be surprising if you and i just just uh got on here and started talking about the strike derby you know saturday night after the show we might fire up who knows so just stay tuned and follow us here at inside bowling and we'll also try to also be guests on other people's shows when when need be so uh i think before we got a couple more things here to say you're laughing here so what what do you what do you i, 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 I don't want to this i don't want to display the comment but adam Varda is coming off the top ropes here um but what i do want to show what i do want to show here mike is um the people believe in both of us mike they do they do we're a dynamic duo here man and uh i don't i i i can see this ending in a 50 50 tie i can too it's like nobody wants it to be one way or the other. No, it's like it's like they're like you know uh, people are people people I don't know obviously half people like you half people like me so that's since, why we we're yin to the yang here man. Since you since you won't display it, I will. <laughs> Adam Barton says if you guys want to do a reality show where I pimp out my wife, hit me up. And then Love Jones comes in behind it with I donate my wife for charity as well. So. <laughs> Oh Lenny God. Borish, the Hall of Famer, coming in off the top rope. He and Jacob do a show, uh, which is awesome. Um, but I do want to talk about you for a minute here. You know, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me and have said, you and Matt have great chemistry. And most people don't know that you and I have probably spent less than 40 hours face-to-face -face ever in our lives. Um, we've become yeah. really good friends since you've come on with Inside Bowling. And to do this show together, I really didn't know how it was going to go because uh, we really don't know each other that well. Um, we both have bowling knowledge. Mine is <laughs> much older <laughs> and earlier <laughs> knowledge, as you spoke to, you know. Right. Um, but I really didn't know how it was going to go. And I couldn't be more prouder of the chemistry that we've been able to do on air. Um, I haven't been more prouder of your producing skills getting better and becoming elite in my opinion with the Streamyard app as best as we can do with this thing and the ability for you and I to get out of each other's way during episodes and deal with uh, all the different fun things that have happened such as tech issues or um, you know me not doing something properly or you forgetting it was Friday and <laughs> hey, dude, we got a show in seven minutes I'm in the studio oh shit um but, you know, we've been able to stay out of each other's way and we've been able to balance the show. And I think I'm most proud of that uh, from you and me. So kudos to us, I guess. Kudos to us, man. Cheers cheers to us, Mikey. And 
Um, and I have a feeling we'll be back in some way, shape, or form doing something like this somewhere um, at some time. So it's just a matter of when and where and what, what uh, everybody would like to see and how uh, everything kind of returns back to normal or, you know, continues to return back to normal over time. So we're really grateful for everybody's support. Uh, we're extremely grateful for Bowler X for sponsoring our poll question every single day. We're extremely grateful for all these ridiculous comments that come in every single show on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, and we we couldn't have, be any happier with how this first season, first 40 episodes has gone. So, Mike, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to learn from you and to do this with you. Mini Dan Patrick is what I'll call you from here on out. And um, we'll, make, well I'm, I'm not sure if your head will fit out of the door after saying that, but well, uh, we're going to be back with something something bigger and better in the future. So just stay tuned, everyone. We will. We will. We're also looking at potentially producing a show of people that uh, may get a reach a larger audience. You know, we talked with Bill O'Neill and we'd like to find Bill O'Neill a good a good partner to do a show with. Um, and there's a lot of different things we'd like to do. We'd like to build the Inside Bowling Podcast Network. You may see us go out and cover events and put them on our YouTube channel. This is a great reminder to make sure that you go out and you do subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Um, and it looks like we've we've got quite the uh, back and forth here about the live pimping. Uh, and we've I think- also we've also got this. He says Flanagan and Farber like the Shack and Kobe. I, what I want to know is who's Shack and who's Kobe. Yeah. I- Either way is good with me, man. Either way is good with me, man. I guess I'll be the fat guy under the under the rim that that yeah, now. Don't be calling Shaq fat. Shaq might see this and he'll school your ass. That has a future in broadcasting at the table on uh, TNT. I, I I would be more than happy to do that. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> um, that's Barkley, but um, but yeah, man. So I think it's um, I think it's also fair to say that on this show that uh, our personalities have been able to come out and the amount of comments and, and the way that we take our show, there's a lot of cursing on our show, especially in the second half of episodes. Yeah. We've gotten away with it with nobody sending us any hate mail saying, my kids watch this, you know, Pete Weber dropped a couple F-bombs at Stu Williams, uh, which was kind of funny, you know, and, and I think everybody's just been able to enjoy the entertainment uh, fact of this. So, um, Matt, anything else you want to say before I take us off the air? Um, well, the poll just got updated and Mike's now at 53.3%. I'm at 46.7. So I need some votes to start flowing in for me. But other than that, thank you everybody for your support. Thanks everybody for tuning in. This was a very, very fun and exciting journey to be on and, um, stay tuned for what we have in the future because you won't want to miss out. So there's a famous quote and, uh, there's a famous song also that bowling centers play, uh, at the end of the night when they don't want people to throw bowling balls down the lane ever again. And the quote is every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. end." and, uh, that's pretty much what I have to say here today. And my final words to go off the air, if you've been watching the show is go jazz, go blues, go Cardinals, but most of all, make sure you go out and go bowling. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you down the road. time open all the doors and let you out into the world closing time turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl 
closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who want to take me home. I know who want to take me home. I know who want to take me home. Take me home. Oh, oh, oh.